0: going to turn the question over now to Vanessa's group. She has someone with another question. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, yes, guess Bojana would like to ask a question now. she so. Hello, Tom. What a privilege to be able to ask you a question myself. Thank you for being here for us. Um, You're so, welcome. Um, thank you. Uh, so I, um, I have a question regarding our uh, our purpose. Um, I re- I read this quote. Uh, it's an old, thousand years old, few thousand years old Jewish uh, quote. It says that our uh, lights were written before we we came here. So my question is, um, as as individual units of uh, of consciousness, ICUs, um, if we came to this reality. Did we come with a certain purpose, or is the purpose evolving um, as um, we make um, the choices based on our free will?
1: Um, There was a purpose for us coming here, and I think that purpose has stayed pretty much the same uh, all along. I don't think it's changed a whole lot. The purpose was to give us an opportunity to make better choices. Because when we were just a bunch of individuated units of consciousness exchanging information, there just wasn't a lot of life-changing choices going on there because it was just a lot of, you know, it's like a big chat room, a lot of people talking to each other, and it's hard to learn in that situation. Uh, there's very little feedback in that situation. There's very little certainty in that situation. Uh, there's there's very little... Um, uh, consequences you can kind of say anything you want and it doesn't really matter because it's just a big chat room you say we're here the rule sets tight so it does matter what you do changes what's going to happen next everything everything you do in this reality changes what you have to deal with next so there's lots of things that that matter there's consequences to all your actions and that was a much better learning place to be than where it was. So this, this virtual reality was created as an entropy reduction training source, if you will, training lab. And uh, initially, after this, after this reality was created, and by created I mean it was allowed to evolve. It wasn't just created like poof. It was created by initial conditions and rule set in a computer that evolves then what this route became. So as that, that process started in the beginning, the larger consciousness system was playing all the parts itself. You know, the parts weren't all that interesting. For a long time, they were just masses of things coalescing, forming suns and planets and so on. So it just was running in the computer. As, as life forms evolved that had consciousness, the system would play all those itself. Until those life forms evolved to the point that they had interesting enough decision spaces, interesting enough choices, that they would be good avatars for individuated units of consciousness to make choices for. They would be good, you know, thing good avatars to learn with. And as that happened, the larger conscious system uh, found. IUOCs that were otherwise in chat rooms and said, hey, why don't you come on over and play this game? You can log on to an avatar here, and the choices are a whole lot more interesting, and you'll learn a whole lot more quickly if you do that. So the Kaisa system was playing all the pieces, but then gradually IUOCs came over to pick up spots. In other words, to take up seats in this new uh, virtual reality uh, entropy reduction trainer. And then a long enough time goes by, and almost all the seats are taken up by IUOCs. Now the the uh, characters that the that the system plays itself are just very minor, kind of cameo, cameo uh, experiences. And uh, you know, it's not it's not like most of the characters here are. What do they call them? NPCs, non-player characters. That's a character played by the computer. Most of them are all independent IUOCs. That are playing the characters but it didn't start that way so that's kind of how the whole thing sort of got going um it was it was uh, all done in the computer at first and then slowly it was able to fill all those seats with iuocs
0: okay thank you
2: hi tom again um hello I have a, another couple of questions uh, related to the uh, the actual uh, foundation of the theory. So, uh, the first one is uh, about uh, the last uh, Fireside chat. You actually talked about nested uh, virtual realities and the fact that uh, if we create another one like the Sims or uh, whatever more sophisticated we create in the future, uh, it's just uh, an, an individual unit of consciousness we're actually building the avatar. So, there's it's not like there are um, units of consciousness on each level, but there's just one and one uh, larger uh, consciousness system uh, that actually uh, consists of several virtual realities nest- nested or not, right? So my question would be, right. if we go back to the uh, to the kind of the original level, to the uh, LCS level, um, mm-hmm. what actually created the LCS? Uh, because uh, we're kind of coming across the same problem when uh, scientists... Uh, couldn't explain the Big Bang because there was nothing uh, before that. Book. Because, according to your theories, when uh, this virtual reality actually started playing, right? So, if we go back to the original level, to the LCS as a whole, what created that? And uh, aren't we coming across the, kind of the same limited the theory?
1: Yes, we do. That's why I start with an assumption that consciousness exists. You see, mm-hmm. um, the the existence, you know, how consciousness came to exist is something that we can talk about. And there are, there are ways that we can make that seem reasonable, how that might have happened. Uh, what do we call that? Conjecture. There's conjectures about how that might have happened. Uh, and I talk about some of those in, in, in some of the various um, workshops I've given. One in particular I remember talking about that was one that I did in, in um, um, Oregon. Now uh, let's see where was that? Uh, where were we, Donna? Um, with um, Spokane, that's where it was. We were in Spokane, okay, Washington. And uh, that, if you if you go look at that, you'll find uh, where I do I talk about that at, at some length in the Spokane. So there there are ways to make it sound reasonable, but there is no way to. Say, Oh, this is exactly how it happened. And part of that is because we are consciousness. Because we're consciousness, you know, we are the system. There's no way for us to get outside of consciousness to have watched our own system being born, if you will, being started. That's impossible. Um, You know, babies don't watch themselves being birthed from outside. You know, or uh, another thing, you know, cameras uh, can't take pictures of themselves, you know, that sort of thing. You know, if you're if you're the source, then it's hard to get outside of the of the source. So it's it's one of those logical problems. It's just not that it's not that we're not smart enough. You know, there's some flaw in our understanding. It's that it's an impossible problem. Beginnings aren't something that you were there because you didn't begin yet. So you weren't there to watch the beginning. It's the same problem. Like you say, they have with the, uh, with the big bang. Well, if this universe is all the reality there is, then it couldn't start any place. There's no start that way. You see, so you just make a definition, you make an assumption, it started and now let's go from there. And you do that biologists do that with the first cell they given a, a living cell they can tell you how evolution creates everything that's on this planet but where did that first cell come from you see well there wasn't anybody there there was no conscious entity around to watch that process happen so the most you can do is conjecture well here's how it might have happened and we have you know scientists uh, uh, evolutionists have that conjecture that you had certain uh, organic molecules and a little bit of you know uh, maybe uh, electric energy and this and they just over time the right chance thing happened to come together and there ah, you got a living cell, but that's just hand waving conjecture. You see, it's not a it's not a really a a fact that we know how that happened, and this is the same way. So I start with consciousness is an assumption. Consciousness exists, and that. Um, evolution exists that is systems will change changeable systems will change you know to optimize whatever system they're in you know they will try to lower entropy that's a natural thing because the things that work better persist and the things that don't work better go away so it's just the way it is so those two things i bring in as assumptions that they just are now the way the conjecture goes is that you have um Self-organizing systems and self-organizing systems are things that we have seen actually happen. We've do computer simulations of them and we've seen real systems that do this. If you have a lot, if you have the potential for organization, but you just don't have any organization, then sometimes just out of the, you know, the, um, you know, the randomness where there was potential, there's randomness and, Some things just happen to end up at the right place at the right time, and they form a little system that has structure. And sometimes that structure will be able to repeat itself. So you can have simple things with a simple bit of structure, a very simple rule, say, a very simple way of being, and that thing then can continue on. We call those things cellular automata. A cellular automata is like a a cell with a very small, very almost insignificant rule set, you know just maybe one rule, one simple rule, and cellular automata can can continue to evolve some cellular automata systems you know are unlimited they evolve and evolve and evolve it doesn't look like there is any end to where they get to the point and there are no more choices because they're complex enough they make that own their own complexity, and with that complexity they make there's just unlimited choices so they can always grow a uh, fractals are the same way a fractal goes and it's not like a fractal gets to a certain point and it just can't go any further Fractals can just keep going as far as you know just keep going you know there's no there's no limit to it so we can start with like a cellular automata that was that came into existence by a spontaneous coming together of Potential. But then you'd ask, well, where'd the potential come from? You say, and now you're right back to that same problem of, I don't know, go ask your mother. You know, it's, uh, it's, there's, there's no way to tell. It's beyond our ability to know that sort of thing. It's nothing that we can know. So you are stuck with an assumption to begin with that consciousness exists. But that's not a really wild assumption, since we all sitting around are having a conversation, and we all, you know, have this sense of being conscious. Uh, since we can look at it and say, "Well, it's here," and we do that with the first cell. Well, we've got all these cells, so certainly that first cell, you know, existed somehow. Somehow we start, you know, we had something to start with that we then could evolve, and that's the same thing. But you're right; you get back to a point where you start with an assumption. It's just, it's not that. Oh, someday we'll know. We just aren't you know, smart yet. You can't know things that start from outside of your own system. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's always going to be a guess, and you won't ever really be able to know for sure. But conjecture isn't bad. Matter of fact, that conjecture with the uh, cellular automata uh, and uh, spontaneous uh, organization. Is to be found if you look up cellular automata, and I think it's uh, Stanford University Philosophy Department. You'll find a whole section there just talking about that possibility, and that mathematically they can show that that is a, a valid possibility. That can happen, and I've, I've watched some videos where people have taken a a, a very small um, you can say robotic thing it's just like an arm that p- can pick something up and move it and that's all it does and they don't give it any instructions they give it a, a reward which is tells it which way you know entropy lower entropy uh, what you'd like to you know what what is good is that if all the stuff that's scattered around ends up over here in a pile so if they do something like that then they get a little thing that says oh that's good and then you don't give it any instructions. You don't program it. You don't tell it anything. You don't even tell it how to close its little gripper on on stuff. You just let it be. And by accident, it'll sometimes pick something up and drop it where it's supposed to be, and it gets that oh, at a boy. You know, it'll get a little uh, you know scratch behind the ears, you know, and a pet on the head, and tell it that was that was good, and then it just <laughs> lets it go. And then it it may get another one, and pretty soon, just with. No programming whatsoever to tell that what to do. It'll create its own program. It'll spontaneously create its own rule set for optimizing those pats on the head, for optimizing you know what's what's good. So that means, what do you start with? You start with potential. You had to have the arm to begin with. You had to have stuff for it to move, and you start with some sense of what works and what doesn't. You see, when you when you do pats on the head, if you, when you give rewards, what you're doing is setting up an evolutionary system where the, the uh, uh, criteria for evolving is getting the reward. That's your criteria. Now, here on our planet, our criteria for evolving is procreation and survival. In consciousness, it's lowering entropy. So you get a system that has some criteria for uh, getting ahead, you know, some reward, then... It can just go off on its own, write its own software, basically, to, you know, produce purposeful action. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a neat thing. That's this uh, spontaneous uh, organization. Can uh, Things can, can generate all by themselves. That's a pretty powerful concept. Um, so I think something like that is where we started. But exactly how that worked? <laughs> Yeah, go ask your mother. Right, that's the only thing you can say, because it's uh, it's not uh, it's nothing we're going to come up with. We're just too limited to come up with that answer.
2: Okay, um, and the second question is uh, is shorter. Is uh, when sometimes you um, end up saying something like uh, the the larger larger uh, consciousness system just did it, and uh, and or it's uh, the system is set up like this. But uh, you actually encourage uh, everyone not to believe. So um, it sounds a bit familiar because uh, how is that different from religion when it uh, when it says God did it?
1: Yeah, it's not much different at all. You know, we sometimes get stuck in the same problem. That's not a very good answer. It's just the way it is. That is a that's a, a zero order answer. You know, it's not very informative. There's not much you can do with that. There's not any structure behind it. So it's a it's a poor answer, you know, and it's a poor answer when religion is stuck there and they say, well, God did it. You know, well, that's that's the answer for everything. You know, there isn't anything that you, any question you can come to, with that doesn't have that same answer. So you'd want to have as few of those answers as possible. But sometimes you just get stuck there, you know, like um, the rule set. Well, okay, it had a, you know, how did we get this, uh, you know, how did we come up with the initial conditions in the rule set? Well, it just figured it out, you know, trial and error. Made something up, see how well it worked. Didn't work well, change it. So sometimes things are just like that. They happen because that's what works. And the system probably set up this virtual reality, and it maybe wasn't working as well as it could have. Well, then let's tweak it. Let's give them feedback that allows them to, you know, be co-creators in the process. If that doesn't pick it up a little, well, that gets added and now that works. So why is it like that? Well, because it works. You know, it's, it's part of the system that works. Things just evolve to work. So I put that in the same category. Still, it's a zero-order answer. It's not real good, but some things are like that. The reason they are is because that's what, in the evolution of the process, worked. And that's, you know, it's trial and error. So things happen. Uh, I'm sure this this, uh, rule set we have probably evolved over, you know, millions of tries because it was a very difficult thing to do to create a simulation that's stable enough to go on long enough For it to evolve, you know, human beings or, you know, rabbits and dogs, whatever, that people could play the consciousness. That's a long time. That's a lot of evolution before you get any payoff. And I suspect that they started with rule sets and initial conditions that didn't last that long. And I suspect they said, well, what if we just fudge this little thing? You know, here was the problem. It got here and then it self-destructed. Maybe we can make a little work around that problem. So when it gets there, it doesn't self-destruct. That's the way simulations work. You know, if you make simulations, if you're in the business of doing computer stuff, you know that's the way it works often. You do things and they fail, and you find little workarounds so that that failure doesn't always happen. And then you go on. And I suspect that's what happened in ours too. And you just get stuck sometimes saying that, well, that's just the way it works. God does it. You know, it's uh, uh, if you, if you, you know, if you don't say that very often, if you only have a couple of those that you just chuck up to evolution, then it's not too bad. If that's the only thing you have, then that makes a very you know that makes a very uh, poor argument. So, fortunately, we're not stuck with having to say that for everything. But there's some things that uh, you know, like those constants. We have uh, we have uh, you know, it's called the anthropic uh, principle in physics. We have constants in our virtual reality here that if you change them even in the fifth or sixth or 10th decimal place, our reality wouldn't hold together. You know, Mm -hmm. suns wouldn't, wouldn't be made inside a, you know, galaxies and the whole thing would just fall apart. It wouldn't have ever worked. And we've got several of those sorts of things. And it's like, well, how did those constants get just like that out to, you know, 12 decimal places? How did that happen? You know, well, you know, that's what worked. Evolution's like that. Evolution looks brilliant from the from the finish stand. You know, you look at our evolution, and say, "Well, oh, look at our bodies. Look at look at what we've done. You know, look at this this body. We have so many trillions of cells, and they all work together. And we get this. Whole, you know, what an amazing thing that is. Well, it looks like almost magic to come up with something that complex and that amazing. But that took you know a few million years you know, maybe a hundred million years before it evolved and got the right answer. And there were a whole lot of discards before it got one that, you know, was able to do that. So evolution can do some amazing things, but when you see the process that it took to get there and how many trials and errors it took before it arrived there, then you realize evolution isn't that brilliant. It's just persistent. It just keeps on going and the things that work persist and the things that don't work go away. So that's the that's really the answer. It just evolved to be that way because it works. And it was a tweak probably the system made because it made things work better here. It made this more effective lab. And I expect those tweaks could happen yet, although it's been working such a long time that you'd think that it's pretty stable by now. But there's no reason that little tweaks couldn't happen. You know, one of the little tweaks that I can tell you that probably will happen eventually is this thing called the psi uncertainty principle. We have this psi uncertainty principle that kind of limits what you can do with psi because our population just isn't ready for that yet. They're not going to deal with that in a positive way. It would end up being negative. And so we have this this policy that says, you know, we can limit that until we grow up more. Well, when we do grow up more, we won't have that problem my guess is that eventually that science certainty principle will just kind of disappear it won't be necessary anymore to have that so that's a that's a tweak you know that the, the system can make later on based on how to optimize the result of this particular entropy reduction trainer so that's my best answer but you're absolutely right uh, you're right on you're right on both counts it's a cheap answer but we're we're <laughs> stuck on both counts. We can't say how it began. It's just an assumption. And we can't always tell you why things are other than, well, they just evolved to be that way because that's the way evolution is.
2: Okay. Thank you very much, Tom. So I'll pass it over
3: to someone yes, else. Yes, Janet has the best? Okay. If you want to just mute Thank you. So I can ask, yeah? Uh, okay, Tom, I know this is, Maybe not kind of on like question, but on like situation. But I know that you are good with the, like understanding what I mean, what what people mean with that, and will understand that. But maybe question in this topic, I will read it. So uh, I myself, I'm very left brain person, uh, if I can say. It have been few years that I'm searching for answers and big picture started actually with uh, 200 pages with a Big Toe some five, seven years ago and then putting it away and then continuing with Alan Watts, McKenna, Osho, Ram Dass, and then oh, everybody like in the list. And again, lately finishing with you again after uh, this time. Uh, lately, I have understood and it's been pretty painful to understood through many episodes. That I'm not ready for LCS giving me some nudges, information, feelings, intuitions, uh, and so that I wish. Because simply I will make wrong decisions, ego fearful ones. Now I have feeling that LCS is trying to protect me from bad decisions. It's for my own uh, good. But the problem is it's... It's really heavy feeling. Uh, sometimes lonely, sometimes hopeless. Because almost every time after I interact with people dealing with situations, I feel that again I went into my own trap, dig the hole for myself again. Uh, that the thing that I'm not like moving forward, feeling is that I can't do anything right. And despite I really want to lower the entropy. And it's hard to let it go and to accept that, for me, it takes slow, in my opinion. And even if I want and understand the big picture, I have this kind of situation, I don't know. Maybe you can comment on this.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a very common uh, feeling. A lot of people feel stuck like that, particularly people who are very left brain, as you say. Left brain people tend to take in facts. They tend to operate on facts. They hear something, they read a book, they want to say what are the facts in that book? You know, what's there? And if they pull the facts out, then they feel like they've done it. Okay, they've read the book and they got all the facts. Now what? And then nothing happens. <laughs> you know, it doesn't it doesn't turn into progress. It doesn't turn into into uh you know, changing you. And that's because left brain people live out of their heads. They, they uh, live on facts. Well, facts are not what gets you there. You see, you could learn, you could memorize my books and everything I've published on YouTube so that you could quote every piece of it and still not learn anything. Because all that would be would be the words. That all would be the facts. You have to take these facts and look at them and say, "How does that affect my life? What does this mean to me, um, you know? And and my growth? What is what can I do with this to make myself a better person? How can I, you know? How can I use it at the being level rather than just take it in as a fact and store it? You know, uh, you got a you got some sort of a database in there for facts so that you can retrieve them whenever you need one. Instead of doing that, process it." How can this fact relate to me, to my life, to my experience? How does this relate? And if you do that, if you start looking at things in terms of, of what they could mean to you, how you could use them, how you could integrate that into your being, then you'll start to have more progress, a tendency to just take in facts and feel, well, I've done it, now what? And you see, you're just, you're just doing it all up here. It's all uh, a mental thing, and you know all the right answers, and you know all the problems, and then that frustrates you to no end because you know what the problem is, and you know where you need to go, but somehow it just seems impossible to get there. That will get better with time. Yes, it is slow, and most people who are left-brained don't like slow. They like to, I want to figure it out, come to a solution, do it, and be done with it. And it doesn't work like that. That only works in intellectual stuff. When it comes to being level stuff, you can't think, it's not just thinking about it, you have to be it. And the be it changes who you are. And most people who are very left brain don't go to the being level. Matter of fact, most of them don't even know if they have a being level. And if they do have a being level, they don't talk with it much. They don't do a whole lot of things that are intuitive. They tend to stick with their facts and what the facts say, and they want logic to take them where they need to go. And that's not what this growing up is. It's not about logic. It's not a logical process. It's a, it's a nonlinear process that has to do with changing who you are at the being level. And that just takes a different way of approaching information. Instead of approach it, approaching the information as facts, you need to approach it as, how can this affect me? What, you know, what does this say about me? What, how can I relate this to my existence, to my life, to my experience? And then start relating it. Start integrating that information into who you are and how you respond and how you feel about things. Um, that takes time. The hardest thing to do is to get started. It's much easier after you get started. So just keep working on it. The fact that you have this intention to succeed will make you succeed. You will succeed if you keep that intention focused on succeeding. You will eventually get there. Although it may be a, a long and torturous journey, you will get there if you keep that intent focused on succeeding. And the more that you let go of the intellect being in control and realize this is about who you are, not what you think. It's not logic. You can't change yourself by deciding that you want to change yourself. The change has to come from you being how you are, the way you interact with people. And then your intellect can look at that interaction and say, "Eh, that's still not kind of what I want. Let me do that again. And you practice and you try and, Eventually, it works, and eventually you get there. But you will get there. Don't get discouraged and figure, it's just not working. I'm not making progress. Left-brainers want to make progress immediately. If they don't see progress, they think they're doing something wrong, and if they're doing something wrong, they might as well just quit because there's no point to continue doing something wrong until they figure out what they should do right. Well, quitting isn't the right thing. They're not really doing something wrong. They're just not sticking with it long enough to see the result. The fact that you're even here, that you're interested enough to, you know, read the books and come here and ask questions tells me that you've got what it takes to get there. It's just going to be a longer trip for you because you've got this intellect that wants to be in charge and wants to control everything. And you're going to have to deal with that and work at your being level, changing you rather than changing what you think. You think that, you know, left brainers think that if they change what they think and the way they view things, then everything else will just take care of itself. But it's not like that. You've got to change who you are, not what you think. And that's a slower process, particularly for left brainers who live out of their heads. And when you ask them, well, who are you? They'll tell you that they're their intellect. That's who they are. They're their thoughts. They're their understanding. They're the way they think about things. They're their facts. That's what they that's how they see themselves. A right brain person, if you ask them who they are, they'll tell you about their feelings, and they'll tell you about their intuition, and that sort of thing. They won't tell you about their their, their facts. They really don't care a whole lot about facts. Facts just get in the way. They intuit everything. They're extremely right brained. Facts aren't all that important. So it's just the way you are, and you'll have to work. It's also the way our culture makes us. You know, this culture requires us to be left brain. To be successful, this is a doing-based culture, not a being-based culture. We don't get a lot of rewards for being ethical, for being deep, for understanding things. We get rewards for you know making equations work, for uh, you know getting engines to run, for making things happen. It's a do-based culture, not a be-based culture. So part of it's just the way our culture is. We're so used to doing is what brings success that we've kind of let go of the caring a whole lot about being, and we just kind of are who we are, and that just happens on its own without much thought. And now we want to actually put some thought to it and be differently. It's hard to do that. But you will do it, and you will succeed as long as you keep that intent up.
3: Uh, It's just, it's very like strange that when I was like previously acting more from my intellect, I was I had like better relationship with people now when I try to interact how I feel and and, and try to think about other people and so it's just I have this feeling that I'm doing like wrong uh, saying too much or not saying too much or it's kind of like struggling when I think like with my head what to say? yeah, I, I can like to say to people what they want to hear and everything like that, but when I just try to feel it's like just it's getting messy it's, <laughs> so it's,
1: just things it's up. I tell you what yeah the, the reason you have that problem is of course when you when you have your relationships from the intellect it makes them easier, but it also makes them shallow. They never get but so deep if it's just an intellectual thing. so they're very easy but shallow relationships. What your problem is, is that you are too critical. You're second-guessing yourself. You want to do it right. Intellectuals want to do it right. There's the right way and the wrong way. And if you aren't, you know, you need to know that what you're doing is the right way. Otherwise, you don't want to be doing it. Okay, well, the thing is at the being level is you just get honest. You become authentic. Just who you are, and you just be it, and you don't worry too much about whether it's the right way or the wrong way. Don't question it. Don't second guess it. Don't try to see. Well, is this you know is this the right thing I should do? Am I saying too much? Am I saying too little? That's your brain. That's your that's your left brain trying to solve a problem logically. You can't solve being problems logically. Just let all that go. Be authentic. Just be yourself, and see what happens. Don't say anything. Don't say, well, I should, I should really tell everybody how I feel, or I shouldn't tell anybody how I feel. Don't think about it. Just do it the way you think it feels good to you. Be authentic and do it, and let all the chips fall where they may. And after about six months of letting the chips fall where they may, look around and see how they fall. Say, well, has that been good? You know, am I having good, you know, is this authentic me working? Is it, uh, are my relationships working? And if the answer is no, then you need to change something. You need to see, well, what is that problem? Why is that? Is that me or is it other people? And it could be the other people. You could be hanging out with a bunch of very intellectual left brain people, and they don't like you being authentic because they like shallow. You know, shallow is safe. You start talking about these things that have meaning to it and it gets scary for them and they don't like it. So maybe it's other people. Maybe it's you. Well, you can, you can assess it then and decide if you want to change, how you want to change, what's working, what isn't with who, and now you start making progress. But if you have to know that you're doing it right from the beginning, you'll never get anywhere because you'll never know because you're not doing it enough to be able to judge it. You see what I mean? If you, If you constantly are second-guessing it and judging it with your intellect, you'll never get to a conclusion because you don't have any data. Just be yourself. Be authentic. Let the chips fall. Don't worry about what people think or don't think. Just try it out and see what happens. Now you'll have some data. Okay, you may ruin a whole bunch of relationships because you're just authentic. But then later, you may want to look at those and say, well, those were actually good relationships to ruin. I think I'll do better other relationships maybe with other people, you see. Maybe that'll turn out to be a good thing. You don't know. Or you might say, oh, I really need those relationships. That's my children and my wife. I don't want to ruin those. You know, I got to change to do them differently. But at least you'll know why you're changing. You'll know what it is you're doing. It'll be, a, it'll be genuine. It won't be... You're trying to figure it out with your, with your intellect and always be right. So it's this idea that let yourself fail. Let, have, give yourself permission to fail. Give yourself permission to just be however you are, whether, however it works. And just experiment with that and see how that goes. And then as that goes, you can make adjustments and rearrange things and back up on this, go a little more with that, and see how that works. It's an experiment. You don't start with the answers. You only get the answers after you've done the experiment and have some data to process. You see, you don't have any data to process on being because you can't take but the first half step before you're starting to second guess. Is that a smart thing or a dumb thing? Should I have done this? Should I have done that? And pretty soon you're so wadded up in your intellect, not knowing what's right because you don't have any data to let you know what's right or wrong, that uh, you just get frustrated and it doesn't seem to work. So you are your own worst enemy there. That left brain wants to be in control, and that control keeps you from actually making any any progress. It's a common problem. It's just not your problem. There's probably millions of people out there that have exactly that same problem. And uh, just work with it. Think of life as an experiment, not as something that you have to get right. Okay, some things you have to get right. You still have to pay the mortgage. You still have a, you know, you have to take care of your children. You need to take care of your wife. You have certain responsibilities. All right, do those responsibilities and do them well. But all of life isn't a matter of being right. It's a matter of being yourself, being authentic. And most people, if if I said, well, who is the authentic you? What would the authentic you do? They have no idea. They've never been authentic. <laughs> they don't have a, a clue what that authentic them would even be like or would it be likable? Would anybody you know like them if they were authentic or not? They don't know because they don't know what that is. They've always wanted to be right. They've wanted to be liked. They've wanted to you know I think their friends think that they're smart or whatever. So they're playing, they're acting all these games, they're acting these ways. Their relationships are all very shallow, but safe. And they don't know who they are. Well, it's time to find out. Just be and see what happens and make adjustments as you go. That's a better idea than trying to let your intellect guide you to just the right way and don't make any mistakes. You don't have enough data to not make any mistakes. Go get the data first.
0: Thanks, Tom. Okay. Vanessa's group has some more questions for you, Tom. Okay. Thank you. Um, and thank you, Tom. That was a great answer. We were all yeah. sitting here nodding. We're like,
2: yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah.
1: Yeah. So like- yeah. Like I said, there's just, there's just millions of people that have that same problem. Our whole culture is very left brain dominant culture and all the left brainers, depending on how, you know, how, much left brain they are generally fall in that same problem. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a good question to ask. I'm glad you asked it because there'll be a lot of people who will be nodding their heads going, Oh yeah, that's me. uh, It's a tough, it takes courage. That's why I've said the change, you see, takes courage, takes a lot of courage to just be yourself and see how that plays rather than being safe and only doing and saying and thinking those things that you know are safe. But you got to have that courage. It's those fears. A lot of that stuff you do that makes you safe is stuff you do because of your fears. Everybody else is doing it because of their fears. So everybody's doing this, shallow, this very shallow intellectual dance because of their fears, you see. And uh, we get stuck that way in this left-brain dominant culture. So that's a, it's a good question that a lot of people are struggling with. So I, I thank you for that, uh, for that question.
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Uh, About a month ago, when I last spoke with you, Tom, you you told me to stop thinking so much and basically just feel my way through life. And I want to say thank you, because for the last month now, the last month, I have really been focused on just relaxing and chilling out and just kind of enjoying life more. And so your words had a major impact on me. So thank you for that. Um,
2: Good. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, I had a question around out-of-body experiences and remote viewing. That's what initially drew me to your work was wanting to have an out-of-body experience. And for the past two years, I haven't had an out-of-body experience. So my question is, am I just banned from going out of body because the larger consciousness system wants me to be grounded in this reality frame while I'm here? Or is that just me making up a story justifying why I can't do it? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well
1: it could be either one. Uh you know, the system is not you know, wants you to succeed, and maybe sometimes you have to do A before you before you do B. And if you get things out of order, it doesn't work as well as if you get things in the right order. And yes, it may be that you just need to deal with things here first, get that kind of straight, who you are, and uh, you know, find that authentic you and solve those problems and then you'll be more ready to go elsewhere so it might be something like that so the system is doesn't want you to get the uh, you know the cart in front of the horse because horses trying to push carts with their heads instead of pulling them just doesn't work very well and yeah. that may be what's going on because that would be an important thing to do uh, sometimes people are very fearful and the system will suppress them going out of body because if you're fearful and you go out of body, scary things happen. And now you're worse off than you were before because now you're frightened where you weren't <laughs> so frightened before. So that happens. But I don't know. It could be that, that uh, you're still thinking too much when it comes to going out of body. You're making it harder than it is. People want to control the process rather than just let the process happen. And in that effort to control it they uh, they keep it from happening, then mm-hmm. you still may be in in that you know that's another left brain thing. you know people think too much, they want to control it. okay, I got to do this, I got to do that. you know they they're, they're they're trying to work a a system. Well, first, I lie down and then I do relaxation exercises, and then I do this, and then I do that, and then I roll out of my body. and if you're trying to do it as a prescription, it probably isn't going to work. That's all intellectually driven. And right. the intellect is not going to take you there. The intellect makes wishes. Oh, I wish I could have an out-of-body. But those wishes don't mean much. They don't carry a lot of power. So um, it just keep working on it. It'll happen when it's ready to happen. And don't get frustrated if it doesn't. Just figure, well, when I'm ready, it'll happen. And if I'm not ready, well, then it's it's okay. That it doesn't yeah. you see that's just living living gracefully with the way things are, but keep working at it don't don 't let it go and say, "Oh, I give up," mm-hmm. okay. although sometimes people actually when they when they get to the "I give up," that's when things start to happen because then they let go and they stop trying to push the process, they just let it happen, so maybe you need to give up and just let it happen. Mm-hmm. Try everything. Life is an experiment. Try everything and see what works.
0: Okay, sounds good. We'll do that. I had another quick question around. I've heard you say that consciousness can only exist with free will because you need it to exist in different states. And and then, um, so my question is, so does consciousness not exist without the free will awareness unit? Because, you know what I'm saying? Because if consciousness needs free will, then what is it before the free will yeah. awareness unit comes?
1: Yeah. Well, free will... And consciousness have to go together because consciousness is defined as, as what makes choices. That's what consciousness mm-hmm. does. It makes choices. It communicates. Well, if there's no free will, then there are no choices. If there are no choices to make, then you know there's no consciousness, because consciousness without a choice to make, without a you know consciousness with a zero decision space, that means no choices. There's absolutely nothing that it could do. Well, then it's not conscious, zero decision space. That's why you have free will it has to be there or you can't get consciousness. Consciousness has to be able to make a choice, do this or not do this, send this message or not send this message, uh, communicate or not, uh, you know, whatever. And if there's absolutely no choices, then consciousness can't exist. And it's the same way, you know, with, uh, with time, a choice, Requires time. You can't make a choice. Well, then there was before the choice and after the choice, right? Just making a choice is an act. It's a doing of a something. And that makes a before and an after. It's before you did that something and after you did that something. So you need time. You don't necessarily need regular time like we have, you know, like tick-tock, tick-tock, regular time. But you have some, some sort of time. So time and consciousness and, and free will all go together as a logical set. You take any of those away, and the other two go away too. You can't have the other two. So all three of those things are necessary. So it's just necessary. When you had the larger consciousness system, we could call that larger consciousness system a free will awareness unit because it had free will. So you don't get consciousness and then get a free will. awareness. If Once you have consciousness, free will is there. So that original consciousness was a free will awareness unit. It just was a big one that broke itself into a lot more smaller ones.
0: Okay, broke itself into IUOCs, which became the accumulating. Yeah,
1: subsets.
0: Okay, and then so and then the yeah. IUOCs have this function called the free will free will awareness unit. Right. Okay.
1: And that's the and little that- part of them that they that they uh, uh, become immersed with uh, an avatar. See, they take a part of them, and that part is just totally immersed with that avatar. That's their free will awareness unit.
0: Right. That's and then how does that free will awareness unit? How does it connect to the data stream? It's just sent to data it stream. Log,
1: and it, 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 it logs on just like you do when you play Sims. It just <laughs> logs on. There's no physical connection. It's not. It, the thing's not. The thing's not. Physical, you know, the, it's just an avatar. It's in the computer. It's data in the computer. So it logs onto the computer and says, oh, I want to get in the game. The computer says, okay, here, I'll start sending you data. That's how it attaches itself. It's not really attached. There's nothing physical there. That avatar is just information in a computer. So you log on to that game, you log onto that computer, and the computer starts sending you information. That's how that connection's made. Okay,
0: just logging on. Okay
1: yeah people have this idea that it's the you know the brain is a is a receiver, and somehow the signal gets sent from consciousness into the brain, and the brain you know they have that kind of a model that sort of metaphor mm-hmm. well, it's a decent yeah. metaphor but it it doesn't work that way. It's not good to take that metaphor very literally. It's not that yeah. the brain the brain isn't communicating with consciousness it's just a virtual brain, the brain is ones and zeros on a hard drive someplace. You know, it's not doing anything. The, the, the connection between consciousness and the avatar is just a data stream. It's a data stream and you, you get the data stream because you log on to play that character. But if you're an IUOC, you have a piece of yourself that logs on because it's a totally immersive game. You know, when right. we play Sims, we get hungry, we get up and walk off for a while, or we go have dinner, or we go, you know, do something else. And then we come back, we put the game on pause. Well, in this game, you can't put it on pause and walk away from it. It's totally immersive. You have that free will awareness unit now, it's completely immersed 100% with that data stream. And it experiences just what that data stream says it experiences, and just what that avatar experiences no more, no less. So its whole world, its whole universe is just the experience of that avatar. That's why mm-hmm. we start thinking we're an avatar yeah. instead of consciousness. You see, we think we're an avatar. We don't uh, think that we're consciousness because that's our whole, we don't experience anything other than what that avatar experiences because it's just a data stream. So Mm -hmm. that's the, that's the mistake we make. We don't say, Oh, I'm a consciousness and my body's the avatar. As far as we know, we are the body because it's, yeah, you know, if you were immersive with a if you played a Sims character and that was it, you know, all the rest of your life disappeared. You never ate. You had, didn't have to go to the bathroom. Nothing else happened. You were just that Sims character. That was your whole life, 24-7 by 365 and a quarter. That's all you did. Well, pretty soon you would start thinking you were that Sims character because all mm-hmm. of your experience would just be that character and nothing else. You see? So you'd have a total identity with that character. There'd be nothing else in your experience base except that. So that's how that that's how that works. It's just a log on.
0: And that's why you recommend meditation because that helps you to detach from this data stream.
1: Yeah, that was exactly. That helps you see a bigger picture. Now you now you're not only just that avatar, but you realize there's more. There's a bigger reality than just that physical reality, you see? And that's what yeah. you can start with your meditation. You start to connect Inside the consciousness system, rather than just, just, you know, with that avatar, it gives you another whole dimension to play in. Yeah, it's like Mm -hmm. that you were playing the Sims, and you were totally immersed in the Sims. And then you found out that there was World of Warcraft playing on another part of the server someplace. And now you could go over there and do something else. You got another character you could play, you know, so now you go over and get your elf and start having another adventure that's totally different than the Sims. You Mm -hmm. see, so. That's what we do. Once we realize we're consciousness, we
2: can, we can uh, do things other than just this one data stream.